0: hello hello it's thursday and i want to thank you i want to thank you for joining us again for the podcast it's dr p on the pod dr p on the pod yeah guess what Mm-hmm. We got something special for you today. This podcast has been sponsored by Janssen Neuroscience as a part of the Community Health Equity Alliance. And the Community Health Equity Alliance in North Carolina is a collaboration between the Bomb and Gilead, Mental Health America of Central Carolinas, and Power East and I to Eye Center for Integrative Health and Janssen Neuroscience. Today, we are going to be talking about severe mental illness, severe mental illness. You know, mental illness is a serious topic in our community, and I'm very happy that so many churches are taking on this conversation, taking on the seriousness of the tremendous burden of mental illness that we have in our community. You know, just the word itself uh, feels uh, feels heavy. Um, but we have a mighty work to do just understanding that um, mental illness is critical in our community and it runs the gamut. You know, we're talking about severe mental illness today, but you know, uh, bipolar and schizophrenia, and depression. Oh my goodness. It's the gamut. It's the gamut. And I know that every family, every family, every congregation is being impacted by mental illness. Black Americans are likely to have less access to culturally appropriate care and are more likely to receive poorer quality care when treated due to historic systematic disparities in mental health. You see what I'm saying? Among the 50 states and Washington, D.C. in 2021, North Carolina ranked 16 in adult prevalence of mental illness. That's just North Carolina. In North Carolina, more than half of adults living with a mental illness do not receive treatment. So I'm talking about North Carolina because the bomb and Gilead, we are excited about doing this work that we're doing in this partnership in North Carolina. But this is a this is a challenge across, uh, across our country in every in every uh community. Um the our partnership with the Community Health Equity Alliance is a collaboration of mental Mental health stakeholders established by Janssen Neuroscience to prioritize community-informed solutions to effectively and meaningfully advance serious mental illness care for Black adults based on the community needs. We are seeking, together, we are seeking to advance solutions to mental health care. And as you know, the bomb and Gilead, we are where public health And faith connect. So, when the bomb and Gilead, when we're talking about solutions, we know that our congregations, our churches, is a major, major part of the solutions that we seek in our community. Yes, it's Thursday. It's Dr. P on the pod, and we are going to jump right in to our podcast today. Our special guest. Ms. Shirley McFarlane. Uh, She participated in the I2I-led focus group for Alliance-related research in North Carolina. She and her husband began a church in eastern North Carolina, and her family continues to operate the church. Uh, she has both personal and professional experience in mental health, and she is going to share her story with us today. And we have Miss Cassie Hayes. Um, she is a teacher, has lived experience with mental health conditions, and was raised in the evangelical Church. Her dad is a well known well known in the faith community in the Winston Salem area. Yes, indeed. I cannot wait to sh- to let you uh, experience and for our special guests, Miss McFarland and Miss Hayes, to share their stories with you. Absolutely. You know what, family? I'm so glad you're with us today. And you know, you can play this over and over and over again. And we're just so grateful for you to be with us every single week. I'm gonna jump out so we can jump back in on severe mental illness. Indeed it is, Thursday. And if it's Thursday, it's your girl, Dr. B, on the pod. So today we are talking about serious mental illness in our community, in our families, in our churches. And we know that. And I'm very uh, happy to hear and I, you know, I go around the country all the time and listening to how many churches are really, really involved with mental health awareness but, you know, we got to get more churches involved and we can't just talk about it. We have to actually uh, do something. We have to do something. We got We can't just say we are doing we have to actually do it. I'm so excited to have my guest today. I got, oh, I got two, two sisters today. Shirley McFarlane is on the line. She's going to be talking about serious mental health issues. And Miss Cassie Hayes is on the line. And she's going to be talking about serious mental illness. And um, I'm going to let them tell you what they want to share um with you i'm not going to introduce them uh because these sisters got something to talk about we're going to be talking about serious mental illness and they're going to share what they want to share uh and i know that you're going to be you're going to learn a lot and uh you're going to be moved and if they can talk about it and they can do it we've got to do more we have got to do more miss shirley <laughs> Welcome to the pod. Welcome to the pod, Ms. Shirley Maclean. McFarlane. I'm sorry, Ms. Ms. Shirley McFarlane. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr.
1: P. I am excited to be a part on this afternoon and mental health is held near and dear to my heart. A personal um, issue that I've faced. And as a pastor of a local congregation, um, it really caught me off guard. I, um, I'm a senior and um, I just never imagined that I would have been faced with an issue of mental illness myself. I had come to the point in my life that I was very depressed with COVID. As a result of COVID and what I experienced there um, within uh, my family and family dynamics taking place, all of this seemed to culminate and be a heavy weight along with trying to work Uh, Cooperatively with our parishioners and community partners and community members. And I had come to the point that I did not see any way of improving. And so one night I decided the only way to rid myself of this burden would be to take my life. And so I pulled out the gun. I said, uh, my husband was working. I, I said, I'll go outside by the garage and take a plastic bag and sit on it as not to, hopefully it'll be easy for them to clean up after me. And, but God spoke to me in the midst of what I was feeling. And the going back and forth with myself and praying about it and praying to him and asking him and knowing within my heart that this was not what I should do, but not understanding what else was there for me to do differently. And so I was able to uh, obtain some mental help. I went through counseling for two years. I, um, I am on medication. I am feeling and doing so much better. And I am a strong advocate for the need of mental health in our African-American communities. I was brought up on a rural farm in Tillery, North Carolina. There's not even a stoplight there. And we were always taught, whatever you're going through, you don't need to share any of that. Just keep it to yourself and pray about it. And I have no disagreement with praying about it, but I do disagree with keeping it to myself. There are professionals who can listen and help us walk through these situations and help us improve, and medications are there for us as well, and other forms of therapy. So because of where I found myself in the deep darkness of my night, I knew that my goal has to be, you must share your experience, you must help others to realize that there is a way out. And that Christ is going to be with me. He's going to see me through. Sometimes I may fall back a few steps, but I'm going to keep pressing forward, stay on my medications, and know that the best is yet for me to come.
0: Thank you so much for sharing um, your story. You are such a blessing to the body of Christ and to be a pastor. you know, we have so, it feels like an epidemic of pastors um, taking their life. And if you can, Pastor McFarland, uh, can you share with us, what was, that, what was that moment that took you to make a decision to take your life? And what was that moment that made, that made you stop? that you didn't go for? What what was those two, the the decision to do it and the decision to stop? And what was the first thing you did when you decided I'm not gonna take my life? Uh, The decision to take my life was
1: the overpowering feeling of emotional downtrodden feelings, Uh, not being able to focus, not being able to carry out my daily routines without uh, being emotionally overwhelmed and overcome and not feeling that there was anyone to support me, even though I have all these people in my circle, my social circle who are there, but yet not feeling that there was anyone there who really cared about what I was experiencing. And so I I just didn't see another way. The the emotions were just heavily upon me. And I I could not see clearly the road before me. It was clouded covered and I felt abandoned. The moment that I knew or that I was reminded, I always knew, but I was reminded again that that was not the way out. It was after I sat there a few moments longer and I continued to pray asking God to help me And there was brought to my mind, my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren, my husband, and knowing that and being reminded that they cared for me and that they loved me and that the enemy had played a cruel trick in my mind, I sought the help. I knew I had to have help. I knew I couldn't continue to ignore the situation and that it would just go away or sweep it under the rug. That was
0: my point of turning. As of McFarlane, someone is listening to, to your story, to you, to you speak right this minute. What would you say to them? What would you say to them in this moment because they are are definitely understanding all of the emotions and feelings that what you're talking about, what would you say to them? What are you going to say to them right now?
1: I would like to say that in this life, we are going to have trials and tribulations. So often we feel that we're the only ones who are experiencing these trials. However, that is not the case. Please take a moment and realize that just like any other organ in our body, our brain becomes imbalanced as well. And that we need to seek the help. Don't turn around and say, okay, I'll feel better after a while. No, go for help. Become a part of a treatment plan. Whatever the recommendations are, do your best to stick with the plan. Because God has already ordained a purpose for our lives. Just hold on. The hope is on the way. The help is on
0: the way. And the joy is overwhelming to come. Amen. Somebody say joy, Miss Cassie Haynes. You've been sitting out there. I know you can't wait to jump into this conversation. <laughs> I know you cannot wait to jump in. And you are a a teacher, and have. Live, got you got your experiences you yeah, want to share. Yeah. Uh and working in the church, Lord have mercy. There ain't nothing like working in the church. Good. Oh, God. yeah. You got to be called by the Lord to work <laughs> in the church. What? <laughs> my goodness. Miss Cassie Hayes, it's so good to have you on the pod today. <laughs> Tell us all about it.
2: Okay. Well, it's good to be here. And um, my story is a lot like um. Miss McFarlane, Uh, but it didn't start off like that. Mine began with trauma, trauma as a child. Trauma when I woke up, when the walls was being beat and hit and you heard the banging and the noises. So you woke up from your sleep to watch domestic violence, you know? And um, just being a child, six children, of a single parent who worked very hard and raised us up in the church, though. And um, so my story goes a little like this. I grew up with um, five siblings and a single mother. Um, Then she finally got married. But as I grew, I got into a lot of trouble, a lot. And um, I got saved and Genesis Victory Outreach Center is my home church. And I began to go and I began to witness to ex-drug addicts and, um, just share with them about how Jesus delivered me, how he set me free from drugs. And, um, and then I stayed in church. I was called up as a, now I'm a youth pastor. Um, I did a my trial sermon, Evangelist Hayes. And so I went about preaching and I had three wonderful boys um, at this time. And then I had a fourth one later on. But at this particular time, I had three wonderful boys. And so um, I was living a good life. I thought, and I thought I was raising my children the best that I could. And then so I had to live another experience, not only um trying to commit suicide but actually losing a child to suicide. And that was one of the hardest things of my life because my son was my heart. This one, the second child of mine was my heart. And when I say my heart, he was the one that looked out for mommy. It was nothing that he wouldn't do for mommy. He was always there. He was just my my help. And um and when he did that that really that was another wake up call for me as far as the mental health um part of it, because a lot of churches would tell you to go and pray about it and know that wasn't enough and um it was it was just not enough, but to go through that experience missing my son every day it's not just a you know it it's get better it, it does because I still have Christ and I still have hope. And now my my path is a little different now. It's working with the young adults um, that have mental illnesses. It doesn't matter what time they call me. It doesn't matter. I'm going to be there. And he left me with a lot of his friends that do experience uh, mental illness. But what I wanted to say, sometimes when my son wanted to talk, some of the church members would just say, about it, even when I lost him, they were like, "Oh, you don't need counseling. You just need to go to God." But oh no, you can't tell me what I need because God uses the physicians just like He uses anything and anybody else. So if that, therefore, if I needed that help to go seek counseling about my son and 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 even for me through my childhood experiences, then that's what I did. I didn't listen to people. And I thank God for my bishop, the late Claude D. Thomas, because he he told us how to um, just not worry about people. You know, you got to do it for yourself. And I went and I sought that therapy for myself. And now that has just empowered me to start reaching out to the young people, and letting them know, yes you can share that when you're feeling down because my son was very witty. He was a genius, matter of matter fact. And I told those people when I finally did get him committed, I told them people, I say he's very witty. He will tell you what you want to hear. He's very smart. So I would like for y'all to keep him. So I think the way I want to go at it now is really political with the laws. I want to have the laws change instead of the police taking your child to jail when they have a gun up to their head. They need to have a place where they can take them not to jail. That's not the place they need to be. So I'm on a mission. And I want these churches to join in with me because, yes, we deal with mental health and a prayer. Yes, prayer works. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes it takes more than just prayer.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your, your, your story. Thank you for sharing your heart. Um, Ms. McFarland, coming back to you, what do you want churches to do? What do you see the role of our churches are? Um, Ms. Cassie Hayes, definitely tell her, tell us how what she sees, what she wants the church to do. But tell us well, what you see the role of the church in mental health, serious mental health issues.
1: I believe, uh, Dr. P, the role of the church should be that the leader, the pastor, the officials should seek information, demonstrations regarding mental health issues. Uh, Take time to receive that much needed training ourselves. And then that prepares us to share with our congregations. We can't send them where we've never gone or experienced or have been taught ourselves. We need to take these steps and this will help us to have a healthier congregation because that is what we need. We need wholeness in the body of Christ. And God is calling for that every day by showing us so many who are experiencing mental illness. He says there is yet another avenue that we have refused to
0: explore and to bring on submission to God. Amen. Amen. It has truly been um, my humble, my humble uh, Experience. thank you, my humble thank you. I'm giving you my humble thank you for joining me on the pod today and just sharing your soul with us. And I am certain that there are many who have been touched and moved by your sharing today. Family, we want you to take this message and send it to everybody. I know we all got folks we can send this podcast to. Send it, play it over and over and over again. Send it to family members, community members, and Lord knows, please, send it to your pastor. We have got to get around, get involved, get seriously involved in addressing mental illness uh, in our family, community, and in our churches. The bomb in Gilead, we are... Partnering with Janssen uh, to distribute resource kits to uh, churches, specifically in the North Carolina uh, area. And uh, we are excited about our work uh, in North Carolina with Janssen and uh, looking forward to uh, increasing, increasing, and spreading uh, this, uh, this initiative across, across the state. Uh, Thank you so much again. We thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you do, Miss. McFarland and Ms. Hayes, thank you so much. You are truly a blessing to the body of Christ. And family, we got to jump. We got to go. We got to go. We'll see you again next week. We're going, we got a few more weeks to see you. And then I'm going to take me a mental health break uh, because one thing we got to do, we have got to get some rest We've got to accept where we are in life. When we we know things are out of order, we got to get some help. We got to get therapy. We got to get medication. We have got to do what we have got to do. And I think you've heard that loud and clear through my guest today. Thank you again so much. Family, I'll see you again next week. If it's Thursday, it's Dr. P on the pod and she loves you and don't forget you got to bring the joy ah yeah i gotta go but i'm gonna leave you with the word the powerful word of joy joy